This is the Date Night Podcast with Amber and Kurt. Welcome back to the Date Night Podcast. I'm Amber. And I'm Kurt. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah? Aside from uh, the gloomy spring one day, winter the next day. I did look at the extended forecast. I know, it's going to be 80. And it's supposed to be 70s. Mm-hmm. So we're excited. Yeah, but I'm doing, I'm doing well. All right, sweet. So I'm just going to jump right into this. Do episode. it. Do it. So we talked about this a little bit a couple of episodes ago. We did. Um, that we were going to talk about a podcast. And... Um, a podcast that we had listened to together the season one. Um, but the episode, but what we're going to talk about is season two of this podcast. Yes. And the podcast is I'm Not a Monster. That's mm-hmm. the name of the podcast. Um, it's season two of I'm Not a Monster. It is a BBC podcast. And I believe there's also a full-length documentary. Oh. I believe. I like could be wrong. Like a BBC documentary? I believe so. On a pla- what platform? I don't know. I'd like to see the, visually yes. some of this stuff. Yes. Oh. I believe this is the one. I, I'm listening to a couple of them. And one of them is a documentary. And I don't remember which one. Anyways. Anyways. But, um, the, the journalist? Is that who... I would say he's a journalist. Journalist yeah. um, is Josh Baker. He's kind of the one who's putting this together. So, um, so if you haven't listened to that podcast, um, this is your spoiler alert warning. Yes. Um, but I would highly recommend listening to at least season two. But season one was really good too. Yeah, season one was. They were both really good. They were both really good. And and they're independent. Like it's not yes. like season two builds on season no, one. No, they're completely independent stories. Yes. Um, so yeah, so we're going to talk about season two. You just got done listening to all the available episodes of season two, correct? I did. I'm, okay. I just finished. Yes. Just finished. And I was listening to them as they came out. Yes. Um, so they've been out just a very short time. Like this isn't a old podcast. Yeah. The most recent one was like two weeks ago. Two. Yeah. Something like that. So, um, so the story is about, um, a, a, I would still say she's a girl, um, named Shamima Begum, and she is a, a girl who left London at the age of 15 in 2015. Um, so she was 15 years old, left London, and ended up joining ISIS. And it's kind of this, like, delve into, like, what happened? How did she get there? Because she kind of, in some ways, kind of disappeared off the map. Mm -hmm. And then resurfaced four years later when the ISIS regime kind of came down. Um, When the caliphate fell. The caliphate fell. And... um, So it's kind of like this Josh Baker just went into this to her story, like what happened. And there's there's a lot of background information that he digs into it. But um, but it's her story. 
and she, so she was a, um, a high schooler in London, decided to smuggle her, her and two of her friends. They left London, went to like, took back channels into like Syria, Turkey, um, to join ISIS. One of her friends was already there and, um, and so she joined ISIS and now she, since the caliphate fell, she is in a, um, Syrian refugee camp. Britain has, um, taken away her citizenship. That was a recent development in like February of this year of 2023. Mm -hmm. Um, Britain ruled that she is no longer a citizen and so they kind of have washed their hands of her and so I want to get into that a little bit um, but I would really just like to know what are your initial what were your initial thoughts like I kind of hounded you to listen to this you did <laughs> oh, really often did. often <laughs> early and often but like to be fair we also have not talked about it no we've not talked about we've this tried really hard not to talk about it until tonight the so. only thing that i talked to, to you amber about so for the listener the only thing we talked about is what i'm about to say is that it was a roller coaster of emotion for me mm-hmm um i from from the very first episode all the way to the end i found myself like waffling between like empathy and mm-hmm. um you know, sadness and sympathy for this woman. Uh, and then going from that to like frustration and anger and, and, you know, not thinking she's a victim. Yeah. You kind of, you, you tra- it feels like you traverse all of these emotions throughout the yeah, whole thing yeah, because yeah. you like, as you start getting the story, like more and more of the story, you start going, well, like maybe, maybe I don't think this way, maybe, right. you know, yeah. Be- because she would say that she's a, uh, partially a victim, that, mm-hmm. that she, she made a poor choice, mm-hmm. um, but number one, she was 15, mm-hmm. like how good of a choice can a 15 year old make, like 15 year olds right. make poor choices, Right. fact, but then she'll also kind of say that she um, has has been a victim of the media and a victim mm-hmm. of ISIS and a victim even of her country. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I yeah I just even within the same episode sometimes I would I would find myself and I think this is a credit to the to the journalist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would find myself like oh definitely she's she's a victim like she got taken mm-hmm. advantage of she didn't know what she was doing and you know once she was in Syria and in the, in the Islamic state, like in the boundary of the Islamic, well, of course there's no way out. Mm-hmm. Right? And, right. And now she, she is a victim, but then you hear stories of, um, you know, conflicting accounts mm-hmm. of, of what she did or what she saw or what she said. And then I would go to this place of like, oh no, of course, like she is a, a she is a threat and she did know what she was doing. Right. Right. Um, yeah, so that that was my experience while I was going through it. Was this like constant battle of like, what am I to make of this? Because mm-hmm. I think I would have a hold of it, 
and then like a wet bar of soap. Yeah. <laughs> it would, the, what I thought I could make of it would slip out of my hands. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you'd get some more, more information. It was like, well, now, mm -hmm. wait, wait a minute. Like it almost contradicts itself. Yeah, yeah. And that's, um, you know, of course, this is a very polarizing issue of like regarding her citizenship. Um, you know, there's there's people very much on on either end of the spectrum of whether she should be considered, a, you know, whether she should have her citizenship, whether she should not. And um, one of the one of the biggest hangups for people is that she doesn't necessarily say she regrets right. going to join ISIS. Right. So it like I like there is this tension of like she's 15 when she left she was in this for four years like those are really formative years and she doesn't quite ever say i regret my decisions yeah because like even at one point in her interview she um she says he um josh baker asked her if you could go back and tell your 15 year old self uh, something what would you say and she said I would tell her not to do it but she wouldn't listen to me right and it was like oh like and you know and she would say she she doesn't regret it because it has made her who she is mm-hmm okay now I just want to say right off the bat I I don't I, I, neither of us obviously support anything that ISIS stands for correct but like does does her saying oh i regret it like like what does that then magically like oh it's all okay you can come back now like what that feels very petty well and like some of from from different articles that i've read um because this is you know kind of been a big story is when she first kind of reappeared, you know, four years after she left and she shows up in, in this, this ISIS caliphate that just fell, like kind of, they kind of are like, you know, she kind of came out of the ashes here. Right. Um, her first interviews, there, there were, there were no tears. There were no sounds of even the slightest remorse or like fear of like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like it was almost like she was just emotionally stonewalled. And, and so now this is being held against her, which I don't know is fair, but it's kind of right where we're at is like, she gave these interviews, didn't show much emotion really either way. And it's kind of being held against her. And so like, as I was doing a little bit of research for this podcast, I even read like people are speculating, well, what, what, where would she be now had she cried when she was first found? Like, would she be like, would, if she would have cried, would she have gotten the sympathy? I mean, she was 19 at this point, like right. still very young. And, and by all accounts, had seen some pretty awful things. Had seen some pretty awful things, yes. L like, I, I'm not a psychologist, but, like, what do those awful things do to a person's right. psyche mm -hmm. that might cause them not 
to cry. Right. So, so a little bit, um, to back up a little bit. So she's 15 when she leaves. Um, she enters into this caliphate. And of course, as a woman, they, they do not regard women super highly. Um, and so she's in this house and she said the only way out of the house. It's like a staging house. Yeah. The for, only, for newcomers. Yeah. And the only way out is to marry somebody. Not to like date them, but to just marry them. And so she ends up married. Again, she's, she's 15. Right. She ends up marrying a stranger, really. And she ends up giving birth to three children, but she had multiple miscarriages and all of them have died. All the, all three children that she gave birth to have died. And, and then all these miscarriages and she's 19 at like right now she's 19 and she's had all of this. Like, yeah, there's so much emotional trauma, right? Even in just even in just that much. Yeah, even take like ISIS violence out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't condone any of these actions, but I, I don't know that I love the justification like, well, she didn't regret it and she didn't cry. Well, right. I don't know that that takes away a responsibility to, to care for another human being. Right. Like, like if, if I'm a, if I'm gonna discipline my kids, well, if you just say you're sorry to your sibling, right. then you won't be in trouble. Well, that's dumb. Right, right. We, we usually say you need to say you're sorry, and then there's still consequences. Right, like, right. You know. Uh, can, can I back up a little bit more? Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. May I? Of course. So one thing that we didn't share yet for the listener is that she, this, this woman and her friends saw some ISIS recruitment videos Mm -hmm. that made the Islamic state, and I learned a little bit, of, like I've heard the phrase Islamic state. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that meant like an actual bordered territory, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. a state, like sovereign state, like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like territory. Like a physical location. A physical location. I, mm -hmm. I thought Islamic state was more of a nebulous like movement, but n no, they, they it was saw- like a group of people in a, as opposed to like a physical location. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But, but Islamic state is a, bordered territory that, that, that ISIS had had taken over had, control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, this woman said that when she was 15, they she and her friends saw these recruitment videos that made it look like a like sort of a, an Islamic um, utopia. Like a paradise. Like an mm -hmm. Islamic paradise. Like mm -hmm. this is um, like an a, a place for 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 Muslims and mm -hmm. a place for is, Islam followers to, mm -hmm. to come and be yeah they showed like parks from, from yeah like these parks in this beautiful city center and yeah um and, yeah. and and she she said in the podcast when she was pushed on like oh wait a minute like what about all the other stuff mm -hmm. going on like you saw these recruitment videos but you didn't you didn't know about all these other like violent atrocities and she said no i was 15 i didn't know anything about this mm -hmm. all i saw was this Islamic State utopia. Mm -hmm. What what stirred up in you when she oh. when she says over and over? I didn't know anything about I, violence. Yeah, I, that that was where I went. Oh wait a minute! Like 
did you see what you wanted to see? Like, because she has, she has made comments about how she was looking for a place to fit in. Yeah, yeah. And so it was like, so they don't ever really go into like, was her home life really bad? Like, what, what was driving this like, I, I needed a place to fit in type of thing. But yeah, like this, oh, I, I, I was 15. I didn't know anything. And I'm like, I have a really hard time. Like this is 2015 yeah. that, yeah. that she left. So this is not a new, like, you know, 2015. Yeah, and then all of a sudden in 16, it became a, more intense. Right. So I, I, I questioned that yeah. and it, that made, that gave me pause of like, I'm, I'm not sure about that. Like you, you didn't talk about, like, you don't talk about any of the stuff in school. Right. You know, like I had a hard time with that. I, I had a hard time believing it. I did too. I, I felt like, like, like she was just being dishonest. Yes. Um, and so, like, it was like, well, did you just not want to know? And so, yeah, like, a little yeah. bit of, like, naivety you don't want to know? Or, like, you, you're you just so desperate for, for something better right. that you're willing to overlook? Like, and, and in the podcast, too, the this Josh Baker talks about, like, recruitment videos include some pretty awful things. Typically, right. Typically. Yeah. So, so even the idea of, like... Okay, you saw this one, one recruitment video online, which number one, I don't even, like, I couldn't even tell you. Like, how do you find an ISIS recruiting video online? Well, like, and then she kind of alludes that her friend that had left, like, three months before her. Yeah, yeah. Sent, him, sent her that? Yeah. Which I didn't quite yeah. follow either, like... That that got a little weird for me of like, mm -hmm. yeah, it looked like this great place that I could go and kind of be myself. And then and then this like con this continuous. No, I didn't know that they were beheading people. Right. 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 No, I didn't know they were persecuting. And then later he asks her about the like beheading. And she said, oh, yeah, I saw one one time. But like her reaction to it didn't necessarily fit what you would expect. And so then it was like, well, like, is she, like, emotionally, has she just been so traumatized yeah. that her, her mind just cannot react to, like, wait a minute, what did I just see? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I guess I, maybe I asked that question because I'm curious, but I, you know, in, in the question of, like, citizenship and what to do you know what to do now like I don't know if any of that that's all very curious to me I don't know that it impacts or changes what I think should happen to her now right right but so I, I do want to get into that um, the citizenship thing a little yeah. bit but I but I kind of want to um, back up again to sorry I hijacked no no, no. Um, we're, we're bouncing a little bit, but it kind of all just ties in. Um, but going back to, um, so her, Shamima and her two friends decide to leave. They've watched the videos, they've made the decision. 
And they go into like all of these details that these three girls went into. Like they covered all of their tracks of like, they, they left a single piece of paper and it was a complete accident that they left this one single piece of paper with some notes on it. Um, they, they learned like certain phrases in Turkish, in was Turkish? Turkish? yeah they um they bought tickets they they knew exactly like what stops they had to do in order to get smuggled into because they did have to get yeah, smuggled, smuggled into is the right word into the islamic state and so into syria into syria and yeah, yeah. and so it was like this very interesting like okay you did all of this research you paid for these tickets and you you did all of these things and yet you you didn't really know what you were getting into like it just it doesn't quite add up for me in my head yeah, yeah. um but the other thing i thought was interesting is so they had this one friend and their names are so similar. Sharmina. Sharmina and Shamina. So Sharmina. Shamima. Shamima. Yeah. But Sharmina was the friend that left before. And when the, the police were starting to investigate her leaving, I thought it was interesting how there were all of these, like, the school did an assessment. The police were kind of doing assessments on these three girls that end up leaving. And the school said, yes, they were at risk. Oh, of being radicalized. Of being radicalized and of leaving yeah. London yeah. and leaving their family. And the parents said they never even knew about it. Like, so like it's this big kind of jumbled mess of like, well, they knew one friend had already gone. Yeah. And the police are looking into it and the police are like, oh no, they're, they, they're not going to go. And the police is like, or the school is like, yeah, I think they're at high risk for this. And the parents are like, we had no idea that there was that, like. Yeah. And so I just thought that was kind of an interesting. So then it's like, okay, so, so does the do the police and the school have a responsibility to the parents mm. to say this to mm. say something and and if so what should have been done right or is that or is that going too far for for the police really and question. the school that's like, a really good question I, I think it's a really good question in the context of where we are now yeah, I, you know, like, you have the police doing an investigation as to how one girl ends up there, yeah. and they're like, oh, no, these other girls don't have a risk, and the school's saying yes, and there was a letter that the, I didn't understand if the school wrote it, or the, yeah. some, someone wanted to talk to the parents, but they gave it to the girls, and so the girls hid it from their parents, and the parents had yeah. no idea, like, so it's like, who, what? What is there any responsibility right. from either the police or the school? 
Yeah, I have a hard time saying. I think I'd rather say there were lots of missed opportunities to prevent them from leaving. I, I have a hard time saying this party is responsible. Sure. Because I think I, there's a lot of responsible There was a lot, parties. yeah, yeah. There was multiple layers of there, yeah. that. There were lots of dropped balls. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think there's lots of opportunities where that could have gone very different. And and should it have gone different? Like, looking back now, we can say, yeah, it should have. But in the moment, should it have? Right. Like, you have two, two professional opinions, really, saying two different things. Yeah. Should they bring it to the parents and say, hey, look, we see this. I mean, they're 15. I, I don't know. Like... That's a good question. So then I put myself in those parents' shoes. Like, did the parents miss? Because they don't ever really go into the family Never. side of it. Of like, my biggest question was, what was driving her? Right. To ice. Like, I feel like there had to have been things that that pushed her to seek more than what right. she had at home. Yeah, I mean, they they don't talk about her family, but they do go into like her neighborhood, right? That are, like she lives she lived in a sort of a majority brown skin Islamic community. Yeah. Which, um, but also I gathered from from the podcast like a, a pretty poor community, but but like I gather that that she was not in the community in the school system like she was not the minority and not. Not to say that's right. a factor, but but when it, when the context is like that, she couldn't fit in, didn't have anywhere to be. I I, I, f I did find it, you know, if she was in a primarily white non-Muslim community, trying to fit trying in, trying to fit in, that feels different than being in sort of a uh, a part of the UK where, like, where she was surrounded, surrounded by by her by by, by her people, yeah. Her, by yeah. people who are very similar to her. So, I, yeah, but they never did go into the family. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, good. it's a good question. Yeah, that was just like, uh, what, and it, like, and I, you know, try to put myself in the parent's shoes of like, would I say school, I expect the school, like, would, would I have an expectation of like, hey, school, you're, you see this, like, I think we would want to know. I don't right. think we would be upset if the school told us. Right. I, I think I, a couple of years ago, I probably would have said, geez, parents, how do you not know this? But now with a 13-year-old with the, <laughs> with the internet, I'm like, geez, I have no idea what we don't know. Right. Like, there's any number of things that we don't know. The parents right. w with access to the internet, like, geez, mm -hmm. it's just mm -hmm. not that easy anymore, you know? Right, right. And like, you know, these when when the girls decided to leave, like they told their parents they were going to go study. Right. Mom dropped her off at the bus station, like usual. Like they they covered their tracks. I, I have a hard time. Again, I, I we're gonna come back to the other side of my opinion when we get to the end of the story where we are now. <laughs> but like this is the part of, part of the story where I just I'm so skeptical. Like I want to believe this woman, but. You want to say, yeah, she was kind of lured there, but... But my goodness, like, the, the amount of work that they had to do that, that she says they just did on their own, 
Like, do you know how to buy a ticket to get to Turkey? <laughs> no. Do you, do you know no. how to do you know how to contact a smuggler? Right. Like, there's no way. Right. And and then how, like, when the police started asking the girls about their other friend that had already gone, Sharmina, she's like, "Oh, I thought we were. I thought they were going to figure it out." Mm. Like she, Sharmina. Set, kind of gave this like I thought they were they were onto us. Mm. I thought they had yeah. figured out we had bought the tickets. Oh yeah, so they that's why she's like we can't back out now. We have to go cuz they're onto us and we're going to get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then but then it was interesting because this Josh Baker asked her so you know you're you're trying to be prepared to go into a place you've never been. What was something that you took with you? And she said candy. Lots and lots of candy. Yeah. Which is so weird. Which is like, to me, that's like, okay, like, that's your your 15-year-old self coming out of, like, you're not planning forward. You're saying, oh, I'm just going to bring candy. Right. Because I know that candy isn't always available in where I'm going. It, it makes sense if you're 15. Right. It, it doesn't make sense if you've just contacted a smuggler and set up a path to Syria. Right, right. Like, it just doesn't add up. It just doesn't like, add up, yeah. yeah. And then, like, to think, oh, I have to, I have to be able to get smuggled into this place. Why would that be? Right? Like, it doesn't. Right, right. So then I'm like, well, she's 15. Like, how many 15-year-olds would be able to think through that process? I, I mean, I'd like to think most, like... I don't know. Like smuggling, back channel, hiding. I mean, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't even know. Like you said, how many 15-year-olds can think through that process? I don't even know if you have to think through. I, I feel like it's a think and notice at all. Yeah, I don't, it's just an interesting, yeah, an interesting piece. Yeah. So, you know, she does, she does say at one point, like, um, that she kind of makes contact with a sister that was still in the UK, um, and talked about how she wanted to get out, but then couldn't um or was too afraid to yeah so it, yeah well well like they had a plan to get her out she would hop in a cab yep and just kind of disappear but there was also just as much possibility that she'd hop in the cab and she would get executed for being a spy right right so yeah yeah okay so <coughs> excuse me so let's, let's forward a little bit to, so she shows up when the caliphate falls. She's been gone for four years. And so when the caliphate fell, they, they took all of these survivors and put them in these refugee camps in Syria because nobody really knew what to do with them. Right. And so she has been in, in some form, she's been in like two different refugee camps, which are not, they're not great. Like it is 
tense and it's not great, um, dangerous. And so she's in this camp and she wants to return to London. She wants to come back to her family. Um, at that time, one of her children were still alive and she wanted to come back. She's pregnant, right? She wanted to come back she's, and have a baby in yes, the UK. Yes, yes. She had one child, I don't remember, but she was pregnant. And so she was kind of making her case trying to get to come back. And Britain said, no, you can't come back. And then they stripped her of her citizenship. So she definitely could not come back. Right. So now she is in limbo because this, this, her citizenship in Britain no longer exists and no other country will take her. Right. So she is literally stuck in a refugee camp with nowhere to go. And there's a, you know, obviously there's a lot of controversy on whether she should have had her citizenship stripped, whether she shouldn't have, et cetera, et cetera. She ends up having the baby. After a while, the baby ends up dying. She's still in this refugee camp. And she is also aware that some of the women that she's with have returned home to the countries in which they, came, they were mm -hmm. citizens of. So what is what what were your thoughts as you heard like this whole citizenship some are returning back to their countries she is not like what kind of where where are you landing Well there's a lot in between there that yeah. that we're leaving out because there's debate on well what there's not debate on is that there's there those four years are pretty awful Mhm mm um, what there's debate on is whether she contributed to the awful, whether right. what her participation in ISIS was. I mean, <coughs> I mean, being a woman. The other thing is there there is speculation that she may or may not still be radicalized, right, and right. gets into the UK and then causes right, which is arm. the core of the debate. Right. The core of the debate is that this. The people that strip the citizenship believe that she's a threat. Yes. Um, and and then the no, not saying she has regret or not showing remorse or not crying is what people use um, to 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 justify their belief that she's a threat. Right. Right. I I gotta be honest. This is where it shifts for me. I I I don't love. I, look, I don't know if she's a threat. I'm not a politician. I'm not a detective. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a pastor. I'm a dude that lives in Northwest Iowa. Right. Just trying my best. I don't love that this woman and lots of other people are just stuck in this crappy tent refugee camp with thousands of other people with no future. Right. Their future is the tent that That's they live it. in. That's all. That's like, it. Like, you can't even pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Like, there is nothing There's she can nothing. do. There's nothing. There's um, nothing. I don't love that. Right. I don't love that. Right. I, I, again, I'm not a politician. I'm, I don't know anything about citizenship, really. I just feel like that's super drastic. I did find it interesting. They interviewed... 
um, I don't remember her exact title, but she was kind of a responsible, like responsible over these refugee camps. And she, she makes the comment that, so in this case, Britain strips the citizenship. She's like, it feels like they just say, well, it's not our problem anymore. Yeah, yeah. We've washed our hands of her. It's not our problem anymore. Yeah. And she's like, and so now Syria's left with this, and, like, what are they supposed to do? Right. You know, that maybe, maybe, you know, she recommended, like, take her back to Britain, put her on trial in your own court system. Right. And serve her time there you know like yeah help us out a little bit because like there's just nothing you know like what 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 is syria going to be able to do yeah and syria's not a great place either syria doesn't have the manpower to handle this crisis right with other things going on <laughs> the dog is being a little needy right oh, now dog is being so i've petted for 30 Fenway. 30 Fenway. minutes and i'm out of pets um so yeah, I mean, again, like I, I feel like I can only look at this with, with the worldview that I use. Sure. Um, I think the Gospels are pretty clear. We love, Jesus says, love your enemies. Mm -hmm. And the possibility that this woman is an enemy is a possibility. Like this is. It's a distinct possibility. Um, mm -hmm. But it is just that. It's just a possibility. Right. Yeah. Um, but even if it is true, like I, I just. I don't know that that allows us to wash our hands of a person mm -hmm. because, uh, yeah, I just don't love it. I don't mm -hmm. love it. It feels like we're taking a whole segment of the population and saying, you know what, you made you made a lot of mistakes. You might even be our enemy, uh, which might be true, but you know what, just live the rest of your life in this dusty refugee camp with no hope. Mm -hmm. I, I just can't get there. I just can't get it's, there. Yeah. It's so hard. It's, you know, and then you add in the fact, like, she was 15 when she left. Yeah. She's 19 she's when she comes 19. back. Like, she, she has lived a lifetime in these four years. Did she make a mistake? Yeah. 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 And at some point, you can't just leave her, like, you, at some point, something has to be done. Right. And I think, it, you know, this, this opens up just that broader question of, like, so what are we doing with all of these refugee camps? Right. Like there are right. hundreds of thousands of people in these refugee camps and they're talking about how, you know, they are dangerous. The, the extremists are still active in these camps and there's a lot of, a lot of danger. Like, and I don't know what the answer is, but it's like, it kind of feels like, oh, ISIS, the caliphate fell everything's all better but like we have not really dealt with right with the fallout right you know yeah i you know i th i think what the what i gather is so difficult about this is you know again i hope nobody hears me saying that i'm justifying or condoning but i think what there should obviously be consequences mm -hmm, right if a mm -hmm. if a person joined ISIS and was contributing and participating in things that were atrocities, there should be accountability for that. Mm -hmm. I think what I gather is so hard about this is that no one has any idea what actually happened in the Islamic State. Right. Right. So like, 
Shamima and all these other people can go back to their countries, but no one has any idea what actually happened. Right. So then you can't really hold anybody accountable because there's no process to find truth. Right. Because like now um, this Josh Baker has kind of uncovered some stuff of like, you know, some are saying this, this girl, you know, contributed to all these atrocities and then he kind of uncovered like, hey, no, we made that up because like she's she's just kind of a useless yeah. pawn. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's like these two very conflicting stories. And it's like, how how are you even supposed yeah. to make heads or tails of this? Like, yeah, one of the stories was um, the, and, and the British government f heard these stories that Shamima Begum was literally producing suicide vests. Yeah. And fitting outfitting suicide bombers with these vests and then another person from isis her friend her friend said oh no way she stayed in the house and never came out of the house right so what the heck right it so just makes it like you just have no idea of knowing right no way of knowing right because the source of of both of those stories are isis members right right right, right. i think at the end of the day i i just I feel like this is another podcast, but this difference between how we as Christians view something like this versus how government views something like this, like mm -hmm. that's another podcast. I, I'm not part of the government, but as a Christian, I can't look at a country pulling citizenship and washing their hands. I can't see that and say that that's the right thing to do. Right, right. With knowing that there's no path forward right. for this person. Right. Like you washed your hands of them, there's no path forward. I, I don't think anybody involved in this this and other cases, I don't think anybody involved in making that decision gets to ever say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm out, done. I'm done. Yeah. I've done everything I can do, I'm, I'm done. I, not to say that she isn't, again, not to say she's off the hook. Right, there's still consequences that she needs to be responsible for like she still has to pay as one of our friends have said before like she still has to pay the bill yeah. you know like yeah. there is still an accountability for her actions yeah yeah but to just say well your act your your consequences you just have to stay in this refugee camp for the rest of your life like she's 20 years old like right. she's 20 years old what, yeah. what is she supposed to do you know yeah yeah i i would call this injustice Mm -hmm. I, I, f I feel like the the answer here that the UK has come to is we're going to pull this and then we don't have to worry about it. Right. I, I don't think that's justice. Right. I think that's a cop out. Mm -hmm. And then to just say, well, it's on Syria. Like right. they're in there, you know, like, it, yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I don't know what the overlap is here, but you know, we, Years before now, like the Syrian refugee problem has been been like this isn't new, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and the same problem persists of like well nobody has any papers, nobody has passports, you can't, no, you can't right. vet like because even this Shamima Begum like when she entered uh, the Islamic State they took all of her passports right they took right. everything and so like well, what do you you know right. I, I, st I just still don't think that's a, a good enough reason to say, you know what, Shamima Begum, 
you are not worth right you're not worth our trouble because mm -hmm. I, I feel like yeah. that's what we're saying yeah yeah I, it's yeah it's clearly a bigger a bigger issue than just this one story this yeah. this story just yeah. happened to help shed a light on it for me mm -hmm. at least of like yeah I hadn't I hadn't thought about those things you know like when the caliphate falls, like, what do you do with all of these people? And, like, you, you know, like, the, that story just kind of gets moved along in the next news cycle. And we go, yeah, we're not affected. Right. So we don't think about it. And, and some of these people might be monsters. And some of these people are not. Right. And, and we deal with all of them as if they are. Right. Right. We... And you know, like there are there are little kids in these in these camps as well. Right. Like right. we're not talking only strictly adults. Right. It's it's yeah. Yeah, and there's so much more that I wish we could talk. We should have maybe done a two parter. <laughs> I mean, the, we yeah. didn't even touch on the smuggler being a Canadian double agent that could have stopped any of this. Right. Uh, we didn't talk about yeah. her comments about uh, uh, an attack being retaliation, right? And how you know her comments about um, you know ally like U.S. Or, or U.K. forces killing women and children, and then ISIS killing women and children, and as a yeah, it, I, I mean we didn't even get into any of that, right? Right. And it's, maybe that's too spicy. Yeah. But there is, there is definitely, there is a lot of content in there. There um, is. So if you have not listened to this podcast, I would highly encourage you to listen to it. Because, um, yeah, there's just a lot that we just can't possibly cover yeah. In, yeah. in one podcast. So, um, yeah. So do you have anything that you want to wrap up or last, last things? Yeah. I don't know. Stories like this make me sad. Yeah. Mad. A lot of emotions on that. Yeah. I just, I wish I had resolution and I don't. And maybe mm -hmm. that's the last word is I wish I had more resolution. It, yeah. Yeah. It would be easier to have a clear cut, like, here's the solution. Here's how we solve this. And it's just, it's just not going to be until Lord returns. Come Jesus. You know? Come Lord Jesus. Yeah. So. Do you have last words? No, I think we kind of summed that up. So, so thanks. Yeah, thanks thank for you. Engaging this. Yep. So, Kurt. So, Amber. What you reading? I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> you know how I knew that? Why? Because you told me. <laughs> <laughs> and we do this every podcast. Um, well. I read a book. I've been done with this for some time. Um, this is a shout out to a friend of ours uh, who recommended a book called Project Hail Mary. <sighs> okay, yeah. I, I have started this book and I have... There's a little bit of shame in that reaction. <laughs> so Project Hail Mary, Mary, I honestly don't remember the author offhand. We're not sitting near the book, but it's the same author that wrote The Martian. Andy Weir? Weir, W-I-E-R, is Something that right? Something like that. I couldn't remember the first name. I think it's Andy. I think it's the same guy that wrote The Martian. Yeah. But it's a sci-fi um, book. The, the sun is running out of uh, energy. 
and there is uh, like a last ditch effort um, mm -hmm. by the U.S. A Hail Mary. Hail Mary. To try to figure out why the sun is losing its power and how to fix it. Mm -hmm. It is very good. I have started it. Mm -hmm. And what I have read so far is good. Very, very good. Mm -hmm. It's very long, uh, but it's very good. Mm -hmm. So big shout out to the person who recommended it. You listen, you'll know it when I say it, but thank you. It was very good. And I want you to read it because I think you are very much going to like it. Yeah. I just need to find a little more time to be able to read, but mm -hmm. yes. I, I'm, I'm in this process where I'm oscillating between, is oscillating the right word? I don't, I don't know. What it. are you going to say? Well, you don't, you don't know? <laughs> I can't read my mind? <laughs> I don't know I, if it's the right word. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say. I don't think oscillated. I, I'm going back and forth. I'll read a fiction book, then a book that like... Alternating? Yeah, I'm alternating. Oscillating feels like something you do in science. Oscillating as a fan. That like is also a fan. fan. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm alternating between fiction and nonfiction. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a very good fiction. And I'm looking for my next fiction book. Mm -hmm. So if you have a fiction book that you would want to recommend to Kurt, comment. Or text me. Or text. I prefer something kind of sci-fi. <laughs> no. Or sci-fi adjacent. Just let them recommend you a book. Okay. Fiction, please. Amber. Yeah. What's reading? I actually have two books started, and that's why I have finished neither of them. But I'm working on the um, Rethinking Life book mm -hmm. by Shane Claiborne. I never get his yes, last name. Shane Claiborne. Claiborne. You talked about this book a couple of podcasts ago. I did. And I have started it, and it is super interesting brought up some really interesting things. I have not finished it yet, but as soon as I do, we're having a podcast on it. So That's true. Which will probably be kind of spicy. If you have not read that book, I would highly encourage you to read it so that you can follow along with our podcast it's when a, we record that one. It's very good. Yeah. It's super good and I'm only like four, four chapters in. So yeah, it's very interesting, very mm -hmm. thought provoking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm reading. Okay. Awesome. Well. Wait, did you say you you were reading currently reading a couple books? Uh huh. You only said rethinking life. I'm Project Hail oh, Mary. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That sorry. one I've got started too. Okay, sorry. See, I like to listen to audiobooks, and neither of those books are available in audiobook. The Spanish version is available in audiobook, but well, nothing's I available can't. on our free apps i suppose if we wanted to pay well that's true i'm sure they're on audible but we are cheap yeah i don't like doing that nope not when i have a, a library available support your local library support your local library okay anyways okay that's all i got until next time until next time the date night podcast was written and presented by Amber and Kurt. Produced by Kurt and Amber. Intro music and interlude selected by Amber and Kurt. Editing by Kurt and Amber. Logo and thumbnail created by Amber and Kurt. Research and fact-checking done by Kurt and Amber. This has been a production of Amber and Kurt.